The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Welcome to episode number 18 of the 7 Months of Danger podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd. And joining me as always tonight, I have my regular band of misfits. Up first, Matt Sousa, how are you tonight? Uh, hello, it, it is an honor and a privilege to be here as one of the uh, the band of misfits. Uh, always great to be here to talk about this <laughs> uh, uh, very good uh, uh, matches that we've watched here for this episode. Oh boy. Yeah, this one's going to be a little rough one tonight. Um, I'm sorry to say, so I look forward to Well, I don't know if I should say look forward, but at the end of this podcast, when we talk about this episode's journey, could be the worst one we've ever talked about. Logan Cross, and how are you tonight? Are, are we the misfits in action? Uh, I, I call huge erection, if so. Mm. Uh, we are uh, We are a few years earlier. We call <laughs> the misfits in Obviously, action, but... Jake is Corporal Cajun. Uh, that is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> He is truly MIA tonight. And last but certainly not least, uh, Scott Shufflin, how are you tonight? We're not hanging out with that loser Vampiro, are we? We're not those misfits, uh, right? Not yet. Uh, linking up Lucha is coming soon. We'll be hanging mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So ah, so uh, Logan, will you be uh, bringing that up in the plugs tonight that hopefully won't be fucked up tonight like usual? Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see We'll see where Scott leads us, and then uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> okay, excellent. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming out of Super Bowl 2 from our last episode, and we are going to be looking at all things that happened from March 27th, I believe, all the way up to, where was it, where's this taking us to tonight, guys? I, ah, fuck, now I gotta look at my notes, give me a minute. Uh, shift, 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 play, music. The music. play the music, play the music, play the Okay, I, I already have it, but I'm listening to the music. Uh, we are going through Mar- uh Okay, so we're going through uh, March the 14th tonight. March 14th. All right, are we ready? Absolutely. Are you, are you ready? Yeah, we're off to a flying start. So we are going to start with our Meltzer notes. Uh, we have a lot of Meltzer notes tonight, and I'm going to do this a little differently. <laughs> so I'm going to give each of you a group of pod to discuss. So I'm going to talk about a bunch of different points, call on you to talk about it, and I'm going to go to the next person. So are we ready? Mm-hmm. Ready, willing, and Gable. Stevenson. <laughs> All right, Meltzer notes yeah. <laughs> for March second, nineteen ninety-two. Uh, Matt, you will be up on this set of notes. So, World Championship Wrestling officially addressed the subject of steroids and related substances with a nine-page policy finalized Thursday by Vice President Kit Fry. 
The major points of the policy are as follows. Wrestlers may not, under any circumstances, use steroids, growth hormones, related substances, or masking agents designed to hide the presence of steroids or related substances in a wrestler systems. Bookers, trainers, or other wrestling personnel may not, may not condone, encourage, supply, or otherwise facilitate in any way the use of steroids or any related substance. WCW physicians may not prescribe or otherwise supply or facilitate wrestlers' use of steroids, including, including by prescribing or otherwise supplying masking agents, except in cases of legitimate medical need. All WCW personnel is included, and Fry, Fry will establish a wrestler's advisory council. It's like a community for steroids here. Comprised of three wrestlers elected by their peers to participate in and give input into the subject. The complete anti-steroid program will be directed by Fry, the committee, and a medical advisor and a consulting toxologist appointed by the committee. Who the fuck appoints wrestlers on a booking committee for steroids? Matthew, what are you thinking of this? Uh, I, I think the wrestlers on that committee were uh, both Patriots and Lex Luger, so it makes perfect sense. that. <laughs> but, like... <sighs> I get what they're trying to do, but the problem is nobody is going to follow that. Like, if you're taking steroids, you're going to keep taking them at this point, and it doesn't fucking matter what you do. Like, it's you can find them, suspend them, whatever. At the, like, if this was instituted now, then yeah, I think guys would change. But in 1992, like, there's no way they'll they'll find they'll buy a fucking whizinator if that was a thing in 1992, the fake penis that makes you pee in a cup. You know, they'll they'll find ways to get around this whole thing. So I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but it ain't going to fucking work. All right, and I think it's safe to say PN News would probably be safe from this. So would JYD. Now, wait a minute. When we get to JYD, he does lose a lot of weight, so he might be susceptible to steroid use. But we'll get to that later. Susceptible. (laughs) All right, so we're going to skip right over to... We're going to skip right over to March 9th notes. The first two points are going to be for you, Logan. Mm -hmm. A lot of people expected Super Brawl for Milwaukee to be the show of the year. Why it was virtual consensus that this was a good show. Somehow expectations were so high that it didn't quite live up to the uh, card of the year mark. Still, there was a legitimate match of the year contender on the show, and most of the matches were good. The main event in which Sting defeated Lex Luger to win the championship for a second time was a letdown for a pay-per-view main event, let alone a major world title change. Uh, preliminary figures we received as of Monday indicated a buy rate around 0.6, which, if it holds, has to be a terrible disappointment. While legitimately some of this case can be blamed on the increase in price from 1995 to 24.95, one can't blame a fall in purchase by almost half from Starcade on that. Part of it has to be attributed to the main event not garnering enough interest. Considering on paper this looked to be a great card, and with the debut of Jesse Ventura thrown in, it seems there's still a long way to go. Being one month before WrestleMania price of 29.95 could be attributed by some as a factor, but they've run pay-per-views one month before Mania every year and always have done decent business. At the .06 holds up. That would be around a $2.35 million total gross. Um, the next point, the live show for Nemeca Arena in Milwaukee drew a full house of 5,000 fans, 4,000 paid for a 67,000 house. What wasn't a disappointment was the opening match with Jushin Liger versus Brian Pillman. This will cer- certainly finish high in the match of the year battling this year in comparison with the other match of the year. Caliber bouts I've seen live over the past three years. I rated below the War Games last year from Phoenix. Slightly better than the Steiners versus Asa and Sasaki from the Tokyo Dome. Better than Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from last year's SummerSlam. And even slightly better than the Steiners versus Sting Luger from St. Petersburg. I don't know about either one of those. Um, it wasn't as good as the whatchamacallit match from Japan I saw on Japan's women's show in March of 1991. Nor close to Saruta versus Misawa match I saw in 1990 in Tokyo's Budokan Hall. So, Logan, a lot to process there in those two points. Your thoughts on all these things, Super Brawl, and the match of the year bullshit conversation around Pillman and Liger. Yeah, I think he's pretty spot on with Super Bowl. Um, if those numbers are true, I think that would be pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, we talked about Luger and Sting was probably a uh, letdown to most people. Matt is his least favorite uh, match of all time, I think he said on the last pod, or one of his least favorite matches of all time, at least. Um, the price change probably did have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think it probably they, they said it was it was a good show and uh, didn't quite live up to expectations that they maybe had for it. So I, I think that's also accurate. And then the uh, that uh, house show uh, seemed uh, like like the Jushin Liger and Brian Pillman was probably just as good as their Super Bowl match. So that was the Super Bowl match. 
Oh, I th- but they had it again at the at the house show, right? No, that's the same show. That oh, that's just, the same he just, show. Okay. He, yeah, he just didn't mention Super Brawl too when he said it because he was trying to be I funny. Gotcha. Uh, okay, I got you. Yeah, because yeah, he's Dave Meltzer and he's an asshole. Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I know that match was awesome, so uh, I, I don't know if it's as good as some of those other matches he listed, but uh, I'd have to watch all of them, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know one match that really disappointed at Super Brawl that most of us agreed disappointed, but others did not, and that would be Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat. But I don't want to dredge that up again, so oh, yeah, we'll move on. All right, next one, Schiff, is you. The atmosphere before the Super Brawl show was about the level of most pay-per-view shows. There was a surprise amount of banners all over the building. The most were for, for Sting and Ventura, who got a huge live reaction coming in on his Harley, probably followed by the Steiners, although there were also many for Jushin Liger and several for Pillman, Cactus Jack, Rude, Polly Dangerously, and even a few for Terrence Taylor and even Ric Flair. I'm not sure if it was the time. The show lasted from 5.30 to 8.47 p.m. local time, but the crowd clearly got tired and the heat wasn't what you would have expected for the so-called important matches. The decision to start the show off with a bang with Liger Pillman Sounded smart on paper because they wanted to do a blowaway show, and it's best to start with a guaranteed blowaway match. However, this is such a blowaway match that it really wasn't until five matches later that the crowd fully got into a match. The crowd seemed tired for Rude and Steamboat because that sucked. And while they reacted to Sting versus Luger, it was anticlimactic and really not a good match at all. As world title changes go, it would rank in the bottom tier. I didn't sense nearly as many people knowing in the crowd this crowd this was Luger's last hurrah with the company as one would think for something that has been such a poorly kept secret. There was nothing like last year in St. Pete when it was Vicious' last match, and it seemed everyone knew about it. So, Schiff, what did you think about all this? Well, I mean, the crowd was kind of dead because, like, they saw their heroes lose all night outside, like, you know, with the matches that we saw. We saw uh, Steamboat get screwed, and we saw the Steiners get screwed. So, like, yeah, that would kill a crowd. And I'm pretty sure those were close to -to back-to-back matches, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get that frustration. And then, like, you know, this is with Meltzer being inside his little bubble again, like we still see it, you know, 20, 21 years later where he's like, I, I didn't, the crowd didn't realize this was Luger's last match. Yeah. Dumbass because not everyone lives and breathes like professional wrestling. So, you know, not everyone's going to know, like I'm sure it got around last year with Sid vicious with, with everything, but you know, this was Milwaukee and this took place in Milwaukee, which I, you know, I know it with the, um, I want I want to say the Bruiser, or is it the Crusher? One of those. But um, it, it's his town. Like they even have like a, a statue for him. But like you know, who's really going to care about 1992 WCW? Bunch of people from 2023. Let's do. All right, Matt, you're up on the next one. After the card in a ballroom, and we talked about this on the last episode at the Mecca, they did a work press conference with Sting. And it was interrupted by Dangerously and Rude. Rude threw a drink at Sting's face and the entire Dangerous Alliance attacked Sting until Nikita Koloff made the save for the face turn. This angle aired on television, which we already talked about. One of Rude's blows, I think it was Rude anyway, potated Sting's eye, which is badly swollen the next day in Chicago. Any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to see who punched Sting in the eye, because, I don't know, when you have Nikita Koloff right there, I kind of feel like it was maybe Nikita who did it by accident. I feel like Rude, is, was Rude a guy who was known as being, like, a fighter, or who could fight? Because, I don't know, Rude always struck me as a guy who, like, kind of throws his punches a little bit, uh, or holds back on his punches a little bit, so... I don't know. If it was rude, then that's kind of surprising to me. But, uh, uh, boy, I bet those house show matches between those two guys got a little heated when Sting paying him back. Boy, I, yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, Rude is actually, I believe in most circles, Rude was actually believed to be a tough guy. I think. Oh, he, really? Yeah, huh. I think I think he was up there with like a Ming kind of. Kind oh, of, Jesus. All yeah. Right then. Sting, <laughs> uh, don't fuck with him then. Leave him alone. Yep. Yep. So I think, yeah, he's definitely known circles with tough guys. Yeah, there's a famous story when uh, I think Harley Race got hurt with like his intestine and like honky talk man was like, Oh look, now he has half the guts he did before. And rude, like bitch smacked him down huh. and like nobody's did anything about it. Yep. Yep. So anyway, hopefully Matt, that answers your question. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, Logan, you're up next. Also in town for the show was Tatsumi Fujinami, who apparently will be winning the NWA world heavyweight title. Spoiler alert here. When they have the tournament, Tsunami and the other guy are telling scheduled to wrestle against Scott Steiner in a match to determine the number one contenders for the IWGP tag team titles held by Bam Bam and Vader on 517 at Wrestle War in Jacksonville for the semi-main event to the War Games, which will put 
Nikita, Sting, Steamboat, and Rhodes and Wyndham versus Dangerous Alliance. God damn, I wish we had gotten that tag team match. That would have been awesome. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe Fujinami is the right choice, but he's got the seniority. He's nothing compared to what he once was, but he's a legitimate legend in the business. But he's hardly known in this country in comparison with Muda, with Great Muda, and isn't the caliber of worker these days as either Chono or Hase. So, Logan, any thoughts on this? I mean, this doesn't end up happening, correct? None of it does. No, okay, yeah, not, so. a, not a bit. <laughs> So, Although I mean, Vader and Bam Bam, I would have killed to see that. Oh, yeah. They did team in Japan. There's an, I, I, know, I think they wrestled the Steiners at one point in Japan. They did, but could you imagine? That would have been badass. We Russell. need to YouTube roulette some of those. Uh, yeah. See if we can find them. That would be a yeah. badass. Uh, uh, yeah. Scott, you can, make, you can make that your pick for tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> no, but that tag match uh, could have been awesome. Yeah, and Fujinami, no one gives a shit. All right, uh, Shift, next one's yours. Best estimate from here is about 50% of the guys are on steroids. I don't know why he's adding this. I don't know why that was a part of Oh, that was because it was from last week. Uh, since the guys got the letter in the mail on Saturday or Monday of last week, it's too soon to notice any changes as of yet, but the next pay-per-view should provide a good indication of how well voluntary compliance works as a steroid policy. But the guys who are on should show noticeable changes by early next month. This feels like one of the ones he wrote on his toilet, Chef. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a whole bunch of nothing. All right, I agree. Moving on. Matt, Johnny B. Bad is in the midst of a contract dispute with management. Oh, no. Several different versions have come our way, but apparently Bad and Fry agreed to a contract for $156,000 per year, but it wasn't signed. Bad has claimed that he wanted better injury benefits. The contract calls for a specific time period if the wrestler is out of action with an injury that the contracts don't cover him. While the others say he asked for more money. Bad has negotiated with Titan. Bad did have a meeting on Monday with Fry to work things out. But he was pulled from the pay-per-view because of the dispute. Matt, any thoughts? It's uh, it's a bit of a bad situation that he's in there. Uh, he should hit uh, he should hit Fry with the kiss that don't miss. Hmm. All right. <laughs> and I like believe Johnny B. Bad at negotiating. Yeah. And uh, Johnny B. Bad will be here for a long time to come. So I think we're in good shape here. But I'm sure we'll hear more about this when we get to our next episode. All right. So we're going to jump into our matches. So we're going to start with March seventh. Uh, Do we, we have to? Yes, we do, uh, yes. because our first match might be one of the better ones. Uh, we are going to Worldwide Wrestling, and this is going to be Stunning Steve Austin defending his TV title against Barry Windham. Um, and we know coming up, I do believe we will have some pretty good banger matches with them. I'm hoping that we will see some of those um, before we end this podcast, uh, before the end of the Alliance, but they do have some bangers coming up. But anyway, will this be one of them? We'll see. So Medusa, okay, my first Medusa moment of the night. Mm -hmm. Matt, did you have one for this one? Uh, did I have one? Of course I did. All right. So I had her dressed as a zebra in a cocktail dress. <laughs> Jesus. I, I had, had two, by the way. Oh, wow. All right. All uh, right. Uh, what do you got, Matt? Uh, Matt I, had, I had that uh, she was dressed like Danny Davis and or Beetlejuice. Oh, much better than mine. Uh, Logan, what about you? I, I said she looks like she was gunning for uh, Randy Anderson's job. She was about about to be the referee. So, oh man, I, I I'm I'm voting Matt tonight's winner on this one. Mm. Yeah, Matt, Matt, you win that one. Uh, Shift, you. you have anything? No. Okay. No, I never do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I thought you would have gotten with the program after 18 episodes, but I guess I I guess you failed me. Wow. I mean, you failed him. So. I, right. I, I did on many it's levels. Good point. It's a great good point. point. All right. So Tony uh, still thinks Austin has been a champ a year when it's been only nine months. Uh, he says that he has been great. He also lied about this. Uh, the crowd is hot for Barry. Tony says Medusa is looking fine. I think he is very correct here. Uh, Logan, I know you don't like Medusa, but I have to say she's looking very, very hot tonight. Yeah, she, she didn't look bad in this, uh, this outfit and uh, night. So I, I agree with you. Uh, all right. Um, I don't know what it is about the, the, this watch or the watch for next episode, but she was looking very, very hotchy the next two episodes. Um, anyway, uh, Barry with two arm drags and a clothesline, and Austin complains of hair pulling. Medusa gets up on the apron, and Barry threatens to hit her, and Tony says he is the type of guy to do it. And I thought that was very funny of Tony to actually call him a woman beater and said the fans would enjoy that. So I don't know what Tony was on tonight, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> was, 1992 was a weird time. <laughs> 1992 was a weird time, but also if you listen to Tony's podcast, he's also uh, he is he has been very open about beating his meat to Medusa. By the way, so uh, in case oh. you've never listened to his podcast. Um, so anyway, outside the ring, Austin throws Barry into the guardrail and hits a clothesline. Uh, Barry in, and uh, he return he in return beats him up and throws him over the guardrail, and then and suplexes him back over it, which looked very cool. I thought Austin gets a little offense back in the ring, 
Barry hits a suplex and a gut wrench that puts Austin on top for a superplex. Medusa then trips him up. Austin gets a two count, but then Larry Z runs in um, because Austin because uh, Barry uh, kicked out, and we get a DQ. Uh, Larry is screaming, uh, and at the same time, he's jiggling Barry's throat, uh, which looked really stupid, why he was choking. It looked absolutely ridiculous. Dustin is in for the save. The crowd loved it. This went about eight minutes. For me, I don't think it really ever got going out of second gear. I felt It felt really house showy to me, uh, but I always let me some Wyndham beating up on people, so I went two and a half, and that's just to be kind on this one. Schiff, I'll go to you first. What do you think? Yeah, I went two and a quarter. Um, like you said, it never felt like it got out of second gear. Um I will say, like, Barry's country knockoff music is pretty pretty great. I'm not going to lie. Dan, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, I did like how Barry suplexed him back to the outside, like, uh, fr- from outside the ring. Into yeah, the ring. Over, the, over the guardrail. That was a badass spot, I thought. Yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah. And it just shows how vicious, like, we're starting to get it's like we're up in the ante for like the viciousness where it's like wow like they're definitely starting to set the stage you see for uh full war games yeah and i thought Wyndham had good intensity even on his way to the ring he mm-hmm. looked like super intense walking to the ring so i thought he looked good by the way logan i always forget to do this and i always remember at the start of the first match uh worst match we've ever watched is still what <laughs> uh champion and austin and best match uh, um, the tag from the cl- the first class we watched with the eight man eight man very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. All right, very good. All right, uh, Souza, you're up next. What do you think of this match? Yeah, I went two and a half on this too. A uh, pretty similar to the last match they had. I think it was either an episode or two ago. They had that random sprint on like Worldwide or Pro or something. So I, I thought this was pretty similar to that. Uh, more of a fight, which I think worked because Wyndham is uh, Wyndham's very angry at everything the Dangerous Alliance has done to him. Rightfully so. I love Barry. Uh, He's great. Yeah, he's been great during this run. So uh, he's just been fantastic to watch. Uh, the crowd, I thought, was red hot during this. Uh, Austin at one point sends Wyndham into the railing. I thought Wyndham sold those like sweet death. He just fucking threw himself into the rail. That was great. Uh, that suplex to the floor was really good. And uh, as per usual, we get uh, another lame DQ. But uh, yeah, a pretty fun sprint. So I, I really enjoyed uh, the brawling part of this. So uh, yeah, it, and at least here, you know, Austin, I I feel like got worked over a lot in this match too, but at least here it makes sense because it's Barry fucking Wyndham and not like the Mike Grams of the world, so I don't mind it here. But uh, yeah, I, I went two and a half on it. This was perfectly solid. All right, so um, I'm two and a half. You're two and a half, and Scott is two point two five. Logan, what do you think? I went two and a half as well. Um, lots of chicken shit stalling by Austin early in this one. Uh, nice to see some outside action. They don't battle outside very often, or if it if they do, it's not for very long. Um, the suplex on the floor, like you all talked about, was pretty nasty. I like that. Wyndham had some really good punches throughout this match. I, he really smacked uh, Austin around. Um, and Medusa actually made herself useful for once at the end of the match and almost actually got Austin the win, but then the all-out brawl afterwards uh, it ensues, and uh, all chaos happens. But, yeah, two and a half. thought it was a pretty solid uh, match between these two, but like, uh, like has been said, I know that they have uh, better matches coming. Mm-hmm. Amen. So what is that total on this? 2.44. I was ready this time, Scott. <laughs> All right, 2.44. We are going to now move to the Saturday night show on the same uh, day. Uh, uh, a six-man of Tom Zink, Brian Pillman, a Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Aaron Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zbysko. Uh The first note I made is I feel like we have seen this face team 100 times in the last 18 episodes and not really sure if we really have or not, guys. <laughs> I don't think that's... Uh possible but okay why not you don't think we've seen this face time we you don't think we've seen this face team like 100 million times of the course of 100 million times i don't think i've seen 100 million wrestling matches all right it was a figure of speech well if we're gonna get literal goddamn all right all right anyway i am moving on i'm moving on bagwell and a neck brace from an attack by 100 year old greg valentine medusa um okay so for this one did you have one for this one too matt and logan Uh uh-huh all right so this one i said medusa looks like someone who used her as a paintball target uh, I'm, you know, I don't know how I feel that I'm pretty close to what Sean said. Uh, I, I said she looks like a child's sponge painting. Okay, that's close. Logan, how about you? I, I actually didn't. I didn't see her on this one until way later, so I didn't even make note. All right, so what wins, the, the painting or the paintball? 
Uh, paintball sounds pretty awesome. Paintball wins. All right, Logan. God damn it. Matt, we're one for we're one each tonight. Mm -hmm. All right. I didn't realize this was a competition. What, what a well, contest. We should turn it into one because. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, and also, I didn't know if you noticed this, but she came to ringside. Did you guys notice this like weird shoulder shimmy thing she did when she was looking at the faces from the outside? You didn't notice it, did you? She was trying to not. shake them tits. She was. She was like doing the shoulder thing, shaking her tits. I did, you guys got to go back and look at that if you didn't notice that. The uh, Dangerous Alliance taught him, uh, Bagwell from the outside, uh, from in the ring, was great because. They're basically trying to taunt him in because he's stupid. And I thought that was really funny, especially with his injured neck. Um, so he doesn't start. Pillman does. Um, he and Arn, I thought, was pretty good, as you would expect for them to start. Uh, then Larry comes in and hits a suplex and is very proud of himself. And then he yells, come on, punk. Then gets his ass kicked. And you hear every moan on every move that he gets hit on, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, then he gets pissed off at the ref. Um, and then there's loud Larry sucks chants. Zank and Bobby come in for some cross bodies and a Zank Savak kick to the face. Bagwell smacks Bobby from the apron and then he hurts his neck in the process. Fucking idiot. Uh, Brian and takes the face in peril spot and Arn does the um, does that spot where he throws the face into Bobby's head and Bobby falls off the apron, which I thought was really not necessary in this match because that's something you should probably save for kind of like a dire consequence kind of match like against the Steiners or something. So here I thought it was kind of wasted. Um, Alliance got the majority of the offense in this match. However, I don't like Brian taking all the shot, uh, heel heat here because coming out of Super Bowl, I feel like he should look a little stronger. He eventually tags Bagwell, and Bagwell's time is short as um, all, all six end up in the ring. Brian, for no reason whatsoever, turns away from Bobby after Bobby hits him to go to the ref. And Bobby and Arn do a double stun gun on uh, Bagwell for three. I thought the ending was kind of dumb and thought Pillman looked like a complete idiot turning his attention away from what was going on. But the one thing I did like about this, I felt like the Dangerous Alliance got most of the shine in this match, and sometimes we see them get their ass kicked most of the time. So that, for me, um, kind of played out a little bit. I actually went two and a quarter on this. I could probably go two, but for the most part, I didn't think it was really that bad of a match. I just thought it was solid. So I will go to Logan first. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I went to uh, what an awful brace or whatever the fuck that was supposed to be. <laughs> it looks like a towel. It looked like a towel yeah, tied to the yeah. Yeah, I, I have in my notes, it's literally towels wrapped around his neck. Yeah, it was yeah, so like, bad. Yeah, yeah it's like literally two towels tightly wrapped around his neck. Um, I, I thought the finish was kind of sick considering he had a quote unquote hurt neck. I thought it was pretty good to end with the double stun gun. Um, but man, I never thought I could be more bored with a match that involves the guys that are actually in this match. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel like Pillman's involved and the guys in the dangerous Alliance that are in this match. Uh, I mean, I, I would say they're all pretty good wrestlers for the most part. So, I mean, just it, the, the fact that zinc actually almost looked like one of the better guys in this match was pretty uh, telling of how uh, not great it was, but yeah, I went to. All right. So oh, you went two or two and a quarter Two. two. All right. Uh, bad. How about you? Yes, uh, I also went a uh, very gentlemanly two stars uh, for the reason you said, Sean, because the Dangerous Alliance at least dominated most of this match. And this is a match that in the past, in the past, they would have gotten their asses handed to them for most of it. Um, I, I feel like everybody in this match was just a hair off, kind of like what Logan said, especially Pillman. Like, I thought Pillman was sloppy as elder in this. Like, yeah, those... he was just not good. He was not good in this. Just like, no, yeah. the head scissors was real. Both head scissors were really bad. And some of it was on Arn, too, because I'm not sure Arn really knew what to do with that move. So that might be on uh, partially on Arn, too. But, yeah, even in the heat segment, it just every Like, normally Pillman is, like, super crisp in the ring and whatnot. And even during the heat segment, I feel like he was a step off. Uh, like we mentioned, Bagwell with the comically large neck brace on would make Joel Gertner blush. Good Lord. Um, but dickery, yeah, dickery doc. <laughs> but, well, well, well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, overall, it was super basic. It was even the crowd was kind of mad for it. They were only really going after Larry uh, because Larry's the fucking laughing stock of the Dangerous Alliance at this point. So I get it. But yeah, I, I, not much more to add. And this was a long match, too. It was a bit of a slog. That heat that heat segment on Pillman was way too fucking long. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I will go uh, gentlemen's two on this. All right, knock me down to two, two, Logan. All right. <laughs> All right, Schiff, how about you? Well, I'm going to get some shit for this. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I enjoyed this match. Um, I, w I went two and a half. Uh, you know, you're not going to get shit for me because I can kind of see how you could, to be honest so, with you. It was a nice storytelling with this where, like, we see Bagwell in his neck brace and you see multiple times that Z-Man and Brian wouldn't let him in the ring, which I thought was nice. 
And then when he does get in the ring, so um, you gave him a good score because he and Pillman were nice. <laughs> sorry, I lied. I, I'm sorry, I gave you shit. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because they tried to like bait um, Bagwell into the ring. Like Bobby spits at Bagwell at one point, and like Bobby actually like throws a pu- Bagwell throws a punch and it hurts him. Like it shows how much it hurts him. And I know, he- and I thought it made him look like a complete moron. Okay, well, go watch AWA 1988. Um, It'd be better than this. Doubtful. Um, I was on your side, Sean. Now I'm not. I'm kidding. But, but like, I like how, like, um, when, like, they didn't even let Marcus into the very end. And what hurt, what what takes him out is they hit a stun gun on him, which has already hurt neck. So I I, I like that part. Um, Brian was a little sloppy with that, but, you know, I, you could wipe it away as like he's trying to do too much because they're down a person. So that's why I went two and a half. All right, uh, Logan, what, what's the total? 2.12. All right, 2.12 is acceptable. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, yeah, Schiff, Uh Okay. Uh, we, have an, we have an interview up next uh, with uh, Rick Rude and Steve Austin. Uh, and Paul E's out with him. Paul, I thought, had a really cool opening line, and he says, uh, he hears funerals are like a party. Then he thinks Steve amazing Austin, line. I thought it was a really good line. Mm-hmm. Dude, Paulie, Paulie's just a promo genius. Uh, he says thanks. And then he goes, he thanks Steamboat for calling him a ninja. And then Paulie goes, I guess that makes me an athlete. And then he shits on Sting for instigating a fight at the press conference. And then he shits all over Kit Fry and WCW. He says Rude and Austin have only been playing with Sting and Steamboat. And at the Omni coming up, they will finish them for good. Then we get to the really shitty part of this. Austin basically just mumbles something about a war. Then Rude says Sting, his, his makeup can cover contusions and lies, while Paul, in the meantime, is in the background making faces and talking to himself, which I thought was absolutely amazing behind him. Uh, but he says, tomorrow the dangerous lines cannot be stopped. Then, for no reason whatsoever, he yells bye-bye with this maniacal face. Um, I, I, this was something. I, so here's how I said that. I said, Paul, he was great. Austin adds nothing, and Rude was on coke. So, uh, Schiff, what do you think of this interview? Um, so there's an awesome interview I don't like in the next episode, but I do like how, like, we drop, we see another war reference with Austin saying, don't expect a wrestling match, but a war. Um, well, that's and, one way to look at it. I can, I give you that. Yeah. And, um, Rude also says that Sting should have learned by now that the DA doesn't need an invitation, which I thought was a pretty good line and also speaks to it. And he says the four of them talking about Austin, Rude, Steamboat, and Sting will have to face reality, and reality is that the DA can't be stopped. And they look they're looking pretty unstoppable now. So um yeah, it was it was a pretty good interview because trust me, we've watched some worse ones. All right, so you like this interview. Yeah. <clears throat> Logan. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was all right. Paul was awesome as always. Yeah, Austin, I, I thought he sounded fine in his delivery, but he didn't really say much of consequence, I guess. But the bye bye and the big bug eyes by uh, Rude <laughs> killed me at the end. So, um, the, like, that, I just wanted to lift his head, and like this big cloud of like white dust just come out. Yeah, I was doing it. Yeah, him sneeze and it just like a cloud smokes over his face. So. <laughs> All right, so all right, so you think it was okay? Polly was awesome, though, right? Okay, and uh, what did you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, this is definitely a promo with like three parts: uh, Paul being amazing, Austin being meh, and Rude being coked out of his fucking mind. And I, I, I thought they were all uh, very interesting <laughs> in their own way. Uh, Paul was great, you know, him behind. I think it was it was Rude, right? He was behind when he or Austin. One he was of behind them. Austin, just like fucking going out of his right. Mind, yeah. himself. Yeah. I, I thought that was great. Uh, Austin, come expecting a war, son. I mean. It's just, uh, he's not the Austin of 1997, I'll say that, but I thought it was uh, decent enough compared to some of the other stuff he's done. And uh, Rick Rude, I think if he started running laps, uh, he was going to get a nosebleed from all the coke he inhaled backstage. Good lord. But, uh, yeah, I mean... You think he did it off of Medusa's ass? I mean... I would hope he did it off some part of her. Yeah, one, one would. Maybe that's why she was so happy, you know? She had the she ingested the, the Rude cocaine, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it Seek was the reports. Yeah, right, right, exactly. My, That's my, how that works. My, my goodness. But yeah, I mean, it, it was fairly basic and uh, not much more to add. 
But I think I think it's safe to say we are at least entertained by this in some. Oh God! Fashion. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, okay. I was saying, Phil. Phil, like Austin, didn't sound sound very Austin-like. He might not have uh, started smoking some, some Marlboro Reds yet. So yeah. um, he wasn't pounding keystones like he would be five yeah, years exactly. later. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, we are at least entertained. So I'll leave it at that. All right. But what's not entertaining is this next match. <laughs> uh, into that segue. So our third match tonight is another TV title defense. Uh, Van Hammer versus Steve Austin. So Hammer comes out in a jacket that a cow died for. Uh, <laughs> Rude is on commentary. I absolutely, and I continue to hate Hammer's We Will Rock You Stop bullshit. And I hate even more that the fans pop for it even more. I can't stand the fans like this guy. Um, so all said, here's my summary. Headlocks, rest holds. Hammer hits the belly to back and a leg drop. Heyman jumps on the apron. Hammer punches him off. Asa from behind hits a stun gun for three. We end up with uh, Rude and Austin beating the hammer up and Seabone and Sting running into clothes. Best part of this match for me was the promotional consideration at the end, which was for Terminator 2, the Game Boy game. One star for me. Matt Souza, what did you think? Uh, I'm going to do a thing that I don't normally do on this show, and I'm going to read my notes verbatim. <laughs> I just read my notes verbatim, the shortest summary I think I've ever read on this show. Uh, yep, mine's pretty short. Uh, yep. First note, Christ why? Uh, uh, God, even a hip toss is a struggle for Hammer. Uh, God, this is boring. This has been nothing but arm work. I've given up taking notes. Uh, this might be the most boring match we've watched. <laughs> Stun Gun finally ends this after 36 minutes, half a star. <laughs> 36 minutes. All right, Shift. Uh, Shift, two and a half stars. <laughs> what did you go, Susa? Uh, half, half a star. Half I a was star. one star. I went one star. Okay. Um, my MVP of this whole match was Rude on commentary. When they're asking about uh, why Paulie was dressed up as a ninja at Super Brawl, he said they were having a ninja party, which <laughs> made me laugh. Um, By the way, hey, hold on, Souza, you didn't appreciate the Terminator 2 Game Boy commercial? Like you yeah, have all I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change my fucking rating because of it. I mean, that's worth half a star in itself. Let's <laughs> be clear. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. And then uh, Rude says that no one has to throw a drink in my face. I accept them off the bat, which just makes me laugh. Um, this was just a bad match. I, I went a star and a quarter, and you can actually talk me down to a star. But yeah, it was it was bad. All right, uh, put him down for a star, Logan. All right. Post privilege. Uh, Logan, how about you? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I went a star as well. Um, I'm gonna read my notes verbatim as well. Um, let me know when something interesting happens. Oh wait, nothing does. Sounds about right. And then I, I actually said that I liked the stun gun at the end, but wow, that was boring. So yeah, one star. All right. So total on that. Uh, give me just a second. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. 0.87. 0.87. Still not the worst match of all time, unfortunately. Never going to happen. Tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, damn it. All right. All right. We're going to move to March 14th. And our fourth match of the night. March we are going 14th? March 14th, 1992. My birthday, by the way. March 14th. Uh, I would have been turning uh, 19. 32. 19. I would have been 19 on this day. Uh, motherfuckers, 19. Uh, 76. Are you done? Yes, I think so. All right. 115. <laughs> God damn it. WCW Pro. Another six man. Oh, look. We have Tom Zink and Marcus Bagwell again. This time we get Firebreaker Chip with them. So, uh, Versus Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, and Bobby Eaton. And my first note was, was here I thought Matt Souza might quit this pod. That was I my came first close. note. Uh, Paul and Medusa are both out with the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, okay, did you come up with one for this one, Matt? Yes. Yes. I did, too. All right, you're not going to uh, beat mine. Let me hear your two first. Uh, Matt, you first. You know what? I Oh, yes, I do have it. I have it in, right. in a different spot. Got? My apologies. Uh, she is dressed like an extra in A League of Their Own. God damn it. Okay. What do you got? Mine, mine was Medusa in her best League of Their Own outfit, so me and Matt are right on the point. By the way, that is a repeat because we have used that one before. Oh, well, I'll just go fuck myself then. All right. You're, my, mine is very off the cuff. Are you ready for this? You? No. Yes. Medusa, dressed in baseball gear like she's doing a hustler spread for a Cracker Jack box. Oh, boy. 
Of course, you would uh, mention Cracker Jack, Jack being the old man of the oh, back in my day. <laughs> Sean, Sean, did you know that they're called Cracker Jills now? I, they are not. Yeah, they are. Are you legit kidding? No. Mm-hmm. I'm they're not like, kidding. They are called they're Cracker lying. Jills. You're lying. Back in May Day. Go go look at it. Go look in a gas station or a grocery store. They're called. Cracker. I ain't looking at nothing. I haven't I'm seen looking. a Cracker Jack in a gas station or a grocery store since like 2002. Holy right. fucking shit! You're right. Yep. Well, I'm just gonna go inclusive. fuck myself. Now I'm gonna go fuck myself. <laughs> the, la- the last time I ate Cracker Jacks was when they were using mercury in the thermometers. How long ago did that change? Uh, re- pretty recently, like a month or so well. ago. Oh, that tells you how long it's been since I've been to a baseball game. Back when Lou Gehrig played, I guess. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're gonna, um, eventually, they're going to be cracker gender fluid. So, uh, yeah. All right. So there's no neck brace on Bagwell, so he is a quick healer. Um, I also made this note. I think WCW Special Forces, based on its members, means unclogging toilets at CNN Towers, the Omni, and Center Stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zane starts out kicking Austin's face as Austin looks like an idiot trying to tag, allowing himself to be clothesline from behind over the top rope. Bagwell's 90210 hair gives me polyps. Arn does. I thought you would love it. Nope. You're, Arn, are you a Brandon guy or like a. Luke uh, can I finish? Uh, Arn does the ping pong dance with the faces. Bagwell takes face and peril spot as Medusa makes him her bitch as JR writes about her martial arts background. Paul holds her back outside, which popped me a little bit. Bobby hits a nice top rope knee. Some good heel tag work by the Alliance. Arn stomps the shit out of Bagwell, then thrusts his crotch at the faces, which was very un Arn like. Finally, Chip tags in, all six in the ring. Chip from behind rolls Bobby up, but Bobby pushes out, and Chip goes right into an arm uh, spine buster for three. Uh, I thought the ending was pretty cool. I liked the kick, the roll up, and then the kick out right into the spine buster. Here's the problem. This was a legitimate 15 minutes of a match. It probably should have gone maybe seven to eight max. However, I thought it was a solid match. I went two and a quarter, but God damn it, this felt like it went on for an hour. Matt, I'll go to you first. Jesus Christ, two and a quarter. I almost spit out my fucking drink. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was kind of like shift was on that one tag match. I thought the match overall was solid. It's just too uh, long. Too oh, long. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the problem. It was too long. It was uh, too long. First note, there's 20 minutes left on this episode, and if it goes the full 20, I'm quitting the show. So this it is did. My, it pretty this much is my, did. This is my last appearance. So. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, Bagwell looks like an Elvis impersonator during this match. Uh, uh, the DA has had zero offense yet again. Uh, again, let the DA destroy these guys, please. Uh, this is still going. Bagwell, I thought, was terrible in this. But, hey, his neck can magically heal in, a, in the span of a couple of days, so good for him. Uh, Arn finally spine busters chip after uh, 48 minutes to mercifully end this. Uh, uh, it was super basic. And it was minutes. and it was basic because it's all the team opposite the Dangerous Alliance can do at this point. Uh, much like the last six man tag, when Tom Zink is your top face on a team, mm-hmm. kind of tells you all you need to know. So uh, I am going one star on this pile of shit. Wow. I mean, to be fair, it did feel like forty eight minutes. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. I I didn't think the match was that bad. I just think it was too long. Um, but I, again, I could totally see your point. Uh, Chef, how about you? I'm uh, going with Papa Kid. With uh, I enjoyed this match. I actually went two and a half. On oh, it. Um, well, yeah, not much farther from mine. Yeah, not too before off. Yep. Yeah, I uh, got a like uh, like Bagwell is actually getting some shine after this, and we see a little uh, issues with Medusa and Paul on the outside. So are we starting to see them crack? Which I thought was very interesting. Um, Austin uh, and Bagwell are in. I have a note that Austin would throw him out of WWF in nine years. Um, <laughs> and uh, I liked how they attacked uh, Bagwell's neck in this. Like Bagwell was dropped rail uh, on the rail throat first. Then Medusa gets some kicks in. Um, Bagwell actually got an inside cradle, but the ref wasn't paying attention. Austin had a nice discus clothesline on um, Bagwell at this time as well. But um, I did like Anderson hitting. I called it the five star spine buster, and it was over, and it boosted it from two and a, two and a quarter to two and a half off that spine buster. So there we go. All right. So you went what two and a half? Yes, sir. All right, Logan. What do you think? That rating gave me polyps. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Um, some horrible acting by Medusa at the beginning when her and Paul got into it, so start off the match with that. Um, the Dangerous Alliance selling for these fuckers gives me Ghanacephala herpades. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> however, I do enjoy them beating the shit out of Bagwell for most of this match. Um, Eaton hits a pretty f- nice flying knee at one point. And I will say the crowd was into the face team in this. I don't know why, but I sure would love just once for the Dangerous Alliance to kill one of these teams of losers. Mm-hmm. But I am afraid at this point with only six episodes left, probably never going to happen. So um, I, I went one and a half. All right. And what's the total? 1.81. 1.81. Okay. All right. So we're going to – so. Speaking of the alliance uh, getting killed, well, you said killing people. Uh, this next one, they get killed. Uh, so well, worldwide, they usually do. Worldwide wrestling for March 14th. It is the Steiners versus Eaton and Larry, and this will be indeed the shortest fight I've ever had. Steiners enter the ring and the heels attack. However, Scott hits a Frankenstein on Larry and Rick Steiner. Uh, Steiner lines Eaton for the three. Uh, what the fuck? 15 seconds. Uh, I didn't, I don't, honestly, I don't like how it makes the Alliance look, and especially Larry, who continues to be a pimple on the Alliance's ass at this point. Um, and, I'm, and the next that I made is 15 seconds for this and 15 minutes for the fucking match before it. Mm-hmm. I said, that's some bullshit, and I did not rate this match. So, uh, Logan, you went last last time. I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I didn't Larry, rate it. Larry, yeah. Larry took the Frankensteiner, five stars. Okay. Serious. I, I know rating. I, I'm just. This is a very rating. serious podcast. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I, I did not. Rate, but I did put five stars down just because of this Frankensteiner, though. And so you don't think this makes the alliance look like a bunch of dipshits? They are a bunch of dipshits. That's who God, they are. Yeah, yeah you're fucking right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, what am I it's thinking? sad to say, but it, I mean, at this yeah. point through all of this, they're pretty much dipshits that happen well, to be smart sneaks. I don't think I don't see them as dipshits. I just thought we're seeing that Larry is the weak link. All right, Chef. Go ahead with your. Go ahead, Chef, with yours. With your, I didn't rate it. Um, Rick never even got his jacket off, which I thought was funny. But um, I'm a mark for Scott hitting Frankensteiner. Also, fuck Rick Steiner. But um, yeah, it's fuck Rick Steiner. That's mm-hmm. right. That's, That's it? it. Okay. That's it. All right. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I didn't rate it either. You can't rate something like this. Uh, uh, the only thing I could think of is one of these guys was hurt when they recorded this match, so it had to be quick, because otherwise it makes no fucking sense to me. And I get Larry's the weak link, but for Christ's sakes, even he shouldn't be losing in 30 seconds. And that's me saying that. So it, yeah. it's just, it's a very weird choice. Yeah, I mean, Larry, Larry definitely just, anyway. It's... Larry for MVP for that, uh, that bump. I, I'm still trying to figure out why you get 15 minutes. I guess that just goes to tell you that the Lions... Uh, can go 15 minutes with mid-carters, but with the main event comes to play, they can't last 15 seconds to make them look like complete and utter garbage. That's really what I get out of this last two matches. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up uh, this episode. We're going to World Championship Wrestling on March 14th. Uh, up first, our updated top 10. So I'll run through this and uh, just get a couple thoughts. So number 10, Taylor May Man. Number nine, Cactus Jack on his way down. Number eight, Ron Simmons also on his way down. Number seven, Larry Zabisco. Uh, which I don't know how because the guy doesn't ever fucking win a match to save his life. Uh, number six is Vader. Number five is Dustin. Number four, Barry. Number three, Austin. Number two, Steamboat. Number one, Rude. And of course, the world champion is Sting. Matt, any thoughts on the top ten? These top tens, uh, like usually the top five makes perfect sense. I mean, you can rearrange them a little bit, but it's always the back half of these that I never fucking understand. Like, why, why is Taylor there? Why is Cactus there? Why is Larry ahead of Simmons? Like, it's just uh, the top five is fine, but it's always the back half of these where it's like they just fucking use a bingo tumbler and pick names out of it. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just add the whoever we want. Bingo, that's the other podcast you do on this feed. Chip, <laughs> any thoughts on the top ten? No. All right, Logan. Yeah, I was just say I'm I'm with Matt. The top five always seem to be like pretty, you know, yeah, like you could change the order, but it's usually pretty much the top five guys. But that bottom five is just like they threw it in a tumbler and picked names out, and we're like, oh yeah, he can be he can be number ten, he can be number six. So yeah, mm-hmm. just just strange. I have a feeling Vader will be going up the top five very, very quickly mm-hmm. here in the next few weeks. We'll talk about it on the next episode. All right, our last and final match of the night. Uh, Scott Steiner 
take it on uh, stunning Steve Austin again for the TV title. So you can't say Austin isn't a defending, uh, isn't a fighting champion. I mean, at least there's that. So a perception on paper prior to the last 18 episodes of seeing Austin, I would think this one had greatness written all over it. Uh, Medusa out with Austin in gold pantsuit looking super hot to the point that I have zero comparison to compare it to. Oh, uh, Sean, you disappointed. I, I had nothing for this. So Matt and Logan, you're going to have to take this one because I got nothing. Uh, Medusa is dressed like an Oscar award. God damn it. I, I said I said she looked like she was going to an Oscars party. So God damn it. You it was know. right there. Amazing. I couldn't come up with anything because I was too busy looking at her boobs. She looked I'm pretty sorry. good in this one. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Uh, I will say she's an attractive woman. It's more like when she opens her mouth and her voice comes out. Uh, that's where she loses. I almost said something about Marilyn Monroe, but then I thought it was a dress until I realized it was a pantsuit. And I went back on my Marilyn Monroe shit. So. God damn it. That was really good. The Oscars, well played. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right, so Paulie's on commentary, and he calls uh, Medusa the DA director of covert ops, and I immediately have a covert assignment in mind for her, and I'll leave that to your imagination for me. Oh, uh, Paul well, is angry at the eight, yeah, Paul is angry at eight-and-a-half-man tags as JR blames him for always buttoning in and using his phone to matches. Paul says Medusa can kick an apple off of the head. I'll also leave that one to your imagination. Uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> This match stunk. A lot of stalling. Uh, Steiner <laughs> finally hits an overhead suplex. Powerbomb, belly to belly, and a Frankensteiner, but Arn and Bobby run in for the D2. Rick out, and the face is clear of the ring. And then Hick, uh, Hick, Rick, Hick, Rick, Steiner. It's like the Dudley brothers. Rick hits the top rope bulldog on Arn. This was awful. Austin sucks. Scott didn't set the world on fire here either. I went one star on this match. This match totally disappointed wow. me. I fucking hated it. Uh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about this match is I, I feel like the expectations were higher because Scott Steiner was in it. And the reality is it was just another one of these Austin t- uh, TV title matches. It was By very- the way, Rick Steiner, better in 92 than his brother. Just <laughs> FYI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this was uh, basically every single Austin TV title match that we've seen to this point. And I don't know what the fuck happened with Austin, but I feel like we've been enjoying him the past few episodes. Oof. And this this feels like he's reverted right back to where he was like in November and December of 91. What the fuck happened? It, it makes no goddamn sense. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate this match nearly as much as Sean. I went gentleman's two on it be, be, because I, I simply cannot go lower than two stars on a Scott Steiner match. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the DQ finish was lame, as it always is in all these title ma- uh, TV title matches. So, I mean, it, it was okay. Like, it was certainly better than the Van Hammer match, which, granted, isn't a high bar to clear. But, I don't know, I, I didn't hate the Like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it near, with a vitriolic hate nearly as much as Sean did. So, uh, gentlemen's too. I, I, listen, I thought Austin looked like shitness, and honestly, I thought Scott Steiner did too. So, I'm, I don't know. All right, Schiff, what would you think? Well, I guess you're going to bring the hate. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed this match. I liked it. What the fuck is there to enjoy about this match? He's, I bet he's going to tell you. Uh, first off, I love how they said that Paul E's lawyer's name was Seymour Green. Anyone else catch that? Just me? All right. Uh, I mean, uh, okay. is that Low Green's uncle? Yes, uh, oh. without the rape charge. Oh, uh, Scott right. hit a belly-to-belly, Jesus. and I don't know how uh, Austin didn't land on the stack of dimes he calls a neck, mm-hmm. which I liked. Uh, Scott hit a double underhook suplex, then a tilt-a-whirl, just throwing Austin around. Amazing. He didn't um, throw anything around. Okay, I don't think we were watching. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, uh, got a... When they're on the outside, we get a nice suplex from Austin. Then Austin hits a nice discus clothesline on Scott, which I've seen a lot in a couple of matches here. Uh, Scott hit, knows how to do. Okay. Scott hit then a pump handle slam and then missed the elbow. Um, and then I was shocked that uh, we get the Steiner driver and then a belly to belly. And uh, then he, we actually saw him take the Frankensteiner. I just really enjoyed this match. Like, this felt like the future of WCW that they sort of screwed up that we saw. Um, Made me wish we could have seen like a 92 Scott Steiner versus like a 98, 99 Austin, to be honest. Maybe a 97 Austin. So, And uh, Rick runs in and they're all fighting. And um, the Steiners took out the DA themselves to show that they are the big dogs. Maybe getting them ready for a possible Vader and big, uh, big 
Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow. I want to call him Big Bam Bigelow, big, and I knew that was wrong. Big Big Bamelow. <laughs> yeah. So I went two and three quarters. Logan. <laughs> um, I'm mad. I went gentlemen's too. Uh, Jr. called Scott Steiner a pretty good gentleman uh, at the beginning of the match. I thought that made me chuckle a little bit. Um, as much as I would Poor love Rick's to see, a bigot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, as much as I would love to see uh, Austin be more competitive, I do love seeing Steiner chuck people around the ring. So he did some pretty good suplexes. This was just another match uh, that kind of just existed. I feel like. Austin just really stalled a lot, and, you know, like I said, Steiner hit some good suplexes, but that's almost pretty much what he can do at this point. Um, but I, I thought the brawl after was nice. But, yeah, I went gentlemen's too. Uh, this match was butt. What was the score? <laughs> 1.94. Oof, man. Thanks, I, Sean. Yeah. It, anyway, what do you mean, thanks, Sean? <laughs> I just follow on the timeline. Don't fucking blame me for this shit show of a show we had to watch tonight. I enjoyed it. Apparently, you sure did. <laughs> Snorting as much coke as fucking rude was in his fucking promo tonight. Anyway, uh, so wow. we're going to do our end of show awards. Uh, let's start off with uh, worst match, Matt. Oh, God. It's uh, clearly Austin and Hammer. <laughs> Is it, though? Yes. yes, for me, hundred percent. Because I kind of, for me, I kind of feel like Scott Steiner could be. Nah, yeah, I'll go with Hammer Austin. Everybody's aligned on that. Yep. Yep. All right, I assume uh, best match. Everybody's gonna go with. Uh, well, no, not everybody is. Holy fuck! You're gonna go with fucking Steiner Austin, aren't you, Chip? <laughs> I'll just go with whatever you guys go with. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do that because based on your star rating, it's going to be the last match, right? Uh, yeah. All right. For the rest of us that have common sense, it's going to be Wyndham versus Austin. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, I love this show. <laughs> so do I for many, many reasons. <clears throat> All right. Uh, least dangerous. Uh, it's going to have to be Austin no matter what for me. Yeah. I'll go with Larry. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? He got destroyed by Scott Steiner in three seconds. Austin fucking sucked ass in every match he That's was in That's just tonight. your opinion. Uh, Logan, how about you? Yeah, I'd have to go Austin. He uh, sucked Matt, multiple times. Matt, how about you? I would also go Austin. All right, so Schiff, go fuck yourself. It's Austin. I mean, it is Monday. <laughs> <laughs> is right. that your day on the calendar? Is that your day? Yeah, yeah Susan right. took Saturday. So... Schiff, I assume most dangerous you're going to call it's Austin. Is that who you're going to say, Austin? Most um, actually, I'm going with Arn. I am also going to go by Arn, but it's really because that's really the only one I could think of off the top of my head, Logan. Well, because he hit that sweet spine buster. Well, yeah, the spine buster he hit. And then I thought, actually, to your, I thought the double stun gun him and Bobby did for that win in the one match was pretty decent, too. Logan? I'm going to go Larry for the Frankenstein. And I'd be 100% okay. serious. I would not be one to argue against the Larry Zabisco win. But just let it be known that I am not biased because I did not pick Larry. Just well, like, nobody really impressed me, so I, I'm going for that just because he looked, right. he took that spot, and I wouldn't have expected that. All right, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I, I feel like I can't even go on. I get why you, why you guys did, but I'm going to go Pauly for that fucking promo. You know, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah. Arn, uh, Arn was in uh, two six-man tags, and neither one of them were great, in my opinion. You know what? I'll probably, you know what? I'm going to change to Paul E, too, just for the simple fact that he was the best thing about that. Who's privilege? No, it's not host privilege, but Matt made a good point. And then him going batshit behind him, talking to himself was amazing. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Paul E, too. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what does that do? So, where are we at on total for uh, most dangerous and least dangerous at this point? Uh, that padded both leads for both guys. So Paulie now has six, and Austin <laughs> now has seven. So. Good God Almighty, Jesus. Austin! Jesus Christ! Wow! All right, so uh, well, the Austin won like five in a row at one point. So yeah. like, <laughs> well, he's ha- he's well. I don't think our next episode is going to help us cause any either, but we'll see. Um. All right, so uh, the journey. So for me, uh, this would probably be the single worst watch we've ever had. Uh, I. Oof. 
I'm going to go a one on a one to five. Logan, <laughs> I think I already know where you're going, but what are you going to go? Just to not be a dick, I'll go one. But it's it, it, it's the closest to zero I think I could possibly get. It was horrible. Yeah, coming out of Super Bowl too, you would have expected something. This is Matt. How about you? I'm not afraid to be a dick. Zero. Zero point zero. <laughs> all right. And Tiff uh, with a solid three, I imagine. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go Speaking a star and a half. A, a what and a half? Yeah, star and a half. Okay. There is no star. It's one to five. Yeah, I'm the only star here. Jesus Christ. One and a half? You're the one who keeps feeding into it, Sean. Yes. I know. All right. Anyway, Shift with choosing violence tonight. And that rates in at our worst episode at a .87. That seems high. That seems high to me. We have had we've we've had more ones than you think, actually. Uh, I kind of believe it. Uh, So we have five episodes left after tonight, guys. So let's uh, keep up free. And at least one of those episodes, we got war games coming up. Mm. So let's keep our fingers crossed. All right. So that wraps up tonight's episode. So uh, we will go around and do the most of the time the best part of the night. Uh, We'll do plugs and we'll go to shift first. God, um, <laughs> you can find me on um, on Twitter at Scott underscore Shufflet. Uh, we do a YouTube roulette with uh, Souza, Logan, and Jake. Uh, on it's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand with wrestling. Uh, Sean went out for smokes and never returned. This is how I know he's that he's safe by us doing this podcast. Um, I do <laughs> Traders of the Lost Ark with uh, Sean, Andy, and Tim on the pop feed. We do that like every six weeks or so when we kind of leak up our schedules. Um, that's about a different comic book arc every every, uh, every every time we do that. It's a lot of fun. And I do every month um, Listen While You Play, a video game podcast. And on the next episode, it's going to have uh, Jake Williams on it. That's pretty good, Chef. Yeah, it's like a solid 10 out of 10 for me right there. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a six you out of ten. You just said the wrong name for your own pod. Yes, you did. <laughs> Wait, which one did I say? You, you said, said listen, listen while you play. play. <laughs> play, play. While you play. <laughs> Sorry, play while you listen. <laughs> a fine show. <laughs> Matt. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> listen, <laughs> while, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen while you play is a very different thing. Uh, <laughs> You can, you can find me uh, right here on the Extreme Three-Way Dance where we cover ECW. We're in 1998, so give that a listen. That's myself, JT, and Jenny. And speaking of Jenny, Jenny and myself are on GC Dub colon A Game Changing Podcast. Also right here on this very feed. Uh, the last episode of that, we covered all uh, 342 uh, shows that happened during the collective. So uh, give that a listen or a watch if you have not. And you can find me on Twitter at MC. Susan 1991. All right, excellent. Uh, Logan. Um, highway to the Impact Zone. Most of us are on that. Are you sure it's not Impact to the Highway Zone? <laughs> no, it is not, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, that would be that probably be like a cooler name, but um, yeah. I hear Sean Kidd may be making an appearance on that show. Uh, coming I don't buy soon, it. So. I don't I, buy it. I wouldn't plug it. We haven't recorded yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's why I, 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 it's, it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor I heard. He's a confident may, man. May or may not happen. Um, Starflation and Chicken Salad, I do that with Callum and Ben. Uh, Chicken Salad's looking at the worst pay-per-views. Starflation's looking at Dave Meltzer's best or five-star matches, sorry. Um, and we're kind of re-rating them. Uh, Who's Next is with Andy. We do current day NXT on that one. And then Talking Docs is me, Roger, and Jenny talking about documentaries. And we're doing a... Uh, a cult uh, series right now. So listen to all those things. I don't know how you find the time to do all that shit. That's a lot of pods, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's, that's just the, that's just the, the floor, man. <laughs> so, so, Logan, Logan, the work, working man's pods over there. The working man. Uh, as for me, uh, you can find me on traders of the lost Ark. like Schiff mentioned over on, uh, over on the place to place to be pop feed. Uh, we should have another episode coming up here shortly. And uh, the rumor is that uh, come June, we'll be recording an updated 
Uh, NWA Crock and Roll uh, will be returning, and it will have me, uh, the first uh, episode back, will have me, Logan, and Schiff on it, uh, looking at all things heading into, out of the Great American Bash as uh, we head into Starcade. So uh, it'll be kind of a post-bash analysis and all the title changes and everything that happened uh, before we head into Starcade. So looking forward to doing that one. Uh, and we should be recording that one coming up in June. So we still got a few months to go in that. So, but looking forward to doing that with them. So with that, I am Sean Kidd. Thank you to Matt, Scott, and Logan. And we will see you guys again in two weeks. We have five episodes left on the journey of this pod. So please join us. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're having a good time, even though a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of this watch has been very, very difficult and very, very painful in some aspects. We're finding some hidden gems. Uh, tonight was not a hidden gem whatsoever. So good night, and we will see you guys. Uh... The only hidden gems to you. <laughs> uh, I think the only hidden gem is the pod that you do. What was the name of that pod again? Play while you listen. Uh, what was it really, Matt and Logan? Listen while you play. Listen while you play. Good night, everybody. Listen.